0: good evening and welcome to the pompey politics podcast i'm ian tiny morris and i'm simon Sandspring.
1: good evening simon it would seem despite my desperate attempts to keep the focus on local issues that there have been certain events happening at a national level which are somewhat Unavoidable. And in the absence of a podcast next Sunday, we've opted to do a Tuesday night special.
0: He did. So thankfully no one said to us on Sunday that they would see us next Tuesday. Um but here here they here we are. Um so yes, we're we're gonna take a bit of a a journey round Westminster or the issues at Westminster, or the latest episode of Tory's Got Talent. It's now the autumn season, I guess. Um so, but with us, much like we did the other day, where we had, um, where we asked Ian to step to the other side of the of the microphone, as it were, to um, to help Simon Bosher, uh, or to join Simon Bosher, giving a, a bit of a local perspective. Um, we are now also joined by a um a Conservative member, um, Paddy Bergen. So, welcome. Thank you for joining us, Paddy.
1: You're more than welcome. Yes, they say that uh, they say that misery shared is misery halved. So, thank you, Paddy, for coming to join me on the uh, on a on another tricky episode. For those of us that uh, that um, have historically flown the blue flag, so I will metaphorically climb to the uh, climb to be alongside you virtually, and um, and uh, Simon can rub his hands together with glee and uh, head down his uh, his route of questioning. <laughs> i'm sure
0: okay um lovely well so um well let's get started so um paddy how um so how, as we've now outed you as a conservative party member not i'm sure that was any a secret to anybody that knows you um how long have you been a member and, and
2: why did you join what got you into? i that? i cast my first vote for the late lady thatcher i was a soldier um, I, I was on a tour in Northern Ireland in 77, 78 and up came 79 and an politician who I knew nothing about said that she was going to give me a 32 or so percent pay increase and I found that rather appealing and so like many um, people of in that time I, I voted Conservative. Um, I didn't necessarily vote for Lady T but I voted for the party and with an exception of four years in my life um, I've remained loyal to the conservative flag
0: okay interesting and what were those what were those four years if I might ask Uh,
2: John Major being being becoming the leader of the party uh, who's uh, I I became anti not anti-EU because that sounds awful. because it wasn't the EU in those days but I really didn't like the whole European gig from about 85 onwards and um, I Rightly or wrongly, I, I, it was something I, I couldn't sit well with. And um, as we approached, uh, you, you can however you want to frame it, the, the becoming or the creation of an EU, uh, and John Major was all over it, and I, I just couldn't. I couldn't support the party at that time because it was against my beliefs. But I'm a good Tory. I didn't vote for anyone else. I just couldn't vote. Didn't vote for them. Conservative, right. no.
0: Okay, no, that's that's um, that's cool. Um, you had principles, you stuck to them. Not much of that about these days in in, in <laughs> certain parts of Westminster. So, um, Ian, I know that some of our some of our listeners will probably take your answer to that question as read, but um, should we have it for a fill-in?
1: Yeah. So, in terms of, I, I am not a lifelong conservative supporter. My first foray into voting was around the mid '80s um and on from then and i was uh, i was a labor supporter and i backed tony blair and um you know was a was a little bit of an idealist and you know held some fairly socialist views at the time i think in terms of you know as i got older and and started to look at things you know I, I migrated you know they say sometimes as you get older you you move from sort of socialist to capitalist and and that was a journey i undertook but i never joined Um, you know, I would have described myself as a conservative And when we started the podcast three years ago, was more than happy to identify as one, but I didn't actually join the party until um, relatively late in 2019. So it was a case of, um, you know, for me, I I felt, you know, I, I call myself a conservative supporter, I'm regularly on social media platforms, and this identity, I felt that I should probably put my 25 quid where my mouth was. And um, so signed up after Boris had been elected, um, but before the 2019 election. So uh, the old long time listener, first time party member would be a fair description.
0: Okay. And just for openness, um, I joined the Liberal Democrats in 2015.
1: So you are seven, seven years in. No mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so I joined and then it went downhill. <laughs> so <laughs> um, so that's, that's that's enough about that. Um, yeah, I, I've still got a membership card with a picture of Nick Leg on my in my wallet, so it's not it's not doesn't stand store when you say it like that. Uh, nice. <laughs> uh, no, not at all. Okay, so um, so bringing us back to obviously the the um, the issue of the hour stroke week stroke summer. Um, how um the the first leadership election we'll call it the first leadership election but the the most recent prior to this one the 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 one that took place in in the <laughs> summer um, I'm saying that for expla explanation purposes not to not to um have are. a dig um, so was that a, was that a fair fight do you think that that kind of whittling it down to end up with um, with Liz and
2: Rishi what, what do you, what do you think Paddy uh, no, uh, well, well it's it, it was a process and it's an established process and you have to accept that however you go about chopping and changing leadership, you know, uh, you have to garner support, you have to get people behind you and you have to do what you've got to do. But it became painfully obvious really early that I've used this on social media and you'll have read it, but the cabal that wanted... Rishi Sunak to be in charge, we're never going to change it. Now, I I can't prove this, but I look at dozens and dozens of fully Tory backing sites on a regular basis, and there was never a mood that said, Rishi's the man for us or Liz is the woman for us. They weren't in the running, they were running third and fourth the whole time. The, the decision was clearly made that Rishi had to be the Prime Minister. Now, that's that's for the, the, the Ian Bradys and all the rest of them to, to work out. Where it got gnarly, in my view, is that, and I am a big fan of Penny. I've met her many times, and, I, and I'm not sure she's ready to be PM, but I, I still have that thing that I think she could, is that the machinery worked to ensure that the only person Rishi Sunak was beating in that original contest, other than Tom Tugendhat, who occasionally he beat, but not always, but he always beat Liz Truss. And suddenly, miraculously, the final vote was Rishi Sunak or Liz Truss. And we members, some who take it very seriously and some who take it less seriously, I guess, we had a choice to make. Do we have what's foisted upon us? And, there are, you know, there's a backstory that I won't go into now about how, you know, the Prime Minister was unseated and all those things. But the bottom line for myself and many others was no, no, I don't want someone to be foisted upon me. I want a choice. But it was a binary choice. And so I'm left with someone I really don't want because I'm really unhappy and someone I've not got any idea about really, but she's making the right noises at this time. And bearing in mind, whoever took over had two simple choices which for me was austerity on rails or the notion of of growth and low taxes etc which are actually despite what anyone might think true conservative values that not a lot of conservatism going on in that group but i as a member was left with that choice it's not a choice i would have made i would not have had this trust in the final two but I wouldn't have
0: had Rishi Sunak either. Okay, interesting view, Ian. What were your your views on that on the first time round?
1: Yeah, v- very similar. In the, I, you know, I I watched the debates with interest. Um, I, I, you know, again, the the affection and the the kind of esteem that the P C P felt about Rishi Sunak, I didn't see that reflected in um in any of the sort of groups or with any of my conservative chums that i speak with so initially i was very much in sort of paddy's camp which is well if you tell me which way to vote i'm not going to um i actually went to my first political event so liz Truss came to south city i heard her speak and i was actually you know I, i i was able to get on board with a lot of what she was saying some of it was a bit further right than i'd like but again it's a case of you play to the home crowd um you know but this you know this no more handouts piece you know was something that i thought well you know that's something i i'm very on board with um ultimately you know government can't keep giving away money that isn't theirs and borrowing more um so i was very on board with that and so when i eventually pressed the electronic button to vote for liz i did it in a In a more positive, it was more of a positive choice than a, it's not Rishi. But ultimately, you know, if you would have given me the choice of, you know, Tom v Rishi, or Kemi versus Rishi, or Penny versus Rishi, then I would have picked all of those three ahead of Rishi, and I would have picked all of those three ahead of Liz. So, you know, from a personal perspective... I was left with my fourth and fifth choice candidate, which I think, you know, was the polling of many of the Conservative members. And whilst I think we kind of didn't like it, there was an element of, okay, that's the process. You know, we're, we're going to have to play along, even if we perhaps don't like yeah, the rules. Charlie.
0: Um... Okay, um, I don't know what I've done on the keyboard there, but something seems to have gone wrong on my. Um, <laughs> so excuse me while I try to figure that out. So, well. um, so um, yeah. So in, in that respect, I think Ian, you've 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 articulated um, why you backed Liz. So uh, Paddy was 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 kind of what Ian was saying there about why why Liz rather than Richie was kind of the it wasn't wasn't his preferred, but was you know the the if I may paraphrase you Ian the least awful of what you considered the options at the time is that does that kind of speak to what you were saying earlier about co- kind of being rail effectively railroaded into making the decision well, yeah, well yes
2: and no because you know I'm, a, I'm I'm in kind of the camp with Ian on this one is that we are what you would call fiscal conservatives we're not you know we, we don't sit in the same camp for lots of reasons what well, we made together but not you look at the party and the way things have done issues have happened uh, you know things have been foisted on government which are uncontrollable and we we could you know you could reel off a list of reasons or some would call them excuses depending which side you set on why lots and lots of things haven't gone right but in, in terms of the candidates that we had for me and it deeply cuts me that that i needed to be given a choice that i thought the membership wanted and i wasn't so I, I looked like ian said you know i really looked hard at everything um and and i came to my choice i vote i would have voted for a spanner over rishi sunak because of the way it was put in front of me not because i was thinking sensibly or logically about the right things but because i really i felt railroaded as you, as you mentioned i felt i was being given Hobson's choice. You're going to have what you have and like it. Mm. And and as we've seen in the second competition, we were going to have what was going to be had whether we liked it or not. Because we weren't given an opportunity this time around.
0: Yeah, and, and, and there's a bit of me that that wonders, um, without kind of going into, into depth in it, there's a bit there's a that a kind of wonders that it's a bit of a parallel with the Brexit vote in the sense of we're going to present you with what you should the way you should vote by telling you that the alternative is so absolutely goddamn bloody awful that you can't possibly consider choosing it. And almost there's no. a bit of arm folding that says, No, I'm not gonna be told what to do. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a yep. decision. I'm gonna do what you're I'm not gonna do what you're telling me to do. I'm gonna make up my own mind and I'm deliberately going to do that. Is there kind of like a,
1: a... I, th- I think there are echoes to that, Simon. I think that you know, again without wishing to unpack that whole that whole arrangement you, you you could very much argue that there that you know there was an establishment mm. position which is this is what you should do and a little bit well the establishment knows best so do as you're told and there's an element of you know a certain a, a certain swathe of people and perhaps it's just um, the way some folk are wired are you know are, if if i may quote from the great rage against the machine i just won't do what the F you tell me to um so i think i think there are echoes to it
2: i'm struggling on the on on the order here guys but if we're trying to compare the eu vote to what's going on at the moment um i would definitely struggle with that um i think they're two very different tails of fish <clears throat> what's gone on at the moment is we we have a, a new prime minister that most of the paid up members would not have elected had they been given a choice of a wider field the rules don't work like that and we're democratic people we have to accept the rules we don't like them very much but most of us want him now to go on and be really successful and sort some stuff out because it pays nobody for him to get it wrong
0: yeah that's that's a, i think i think that's a that's a fair point paddy i mean you know certainly despite you know as i, as I was saying earlier on i'm you know an outside observer but no one no one is sitting here enjoying this because as you're as you say that's in no one's interest is it for um for you know for it to to go really really badly um so yeah that's a that's a that's an interesting point um okay so uh, so staying staying with you then paddy so do you do you think that um that it was liz the architect of her own downfall or was she just did she just
1: I don't know what
2: quality of, of, of audio you're getting from me, but uh, yours is very broken up. But I think you asked if I think Liz Truss was the architect of her own downfall. And if that's correct, a um, couple of things on that, really. And I'm, I'm not going to be super defensive of Liz Trust because I think her heart was in the right place, but her head was all over the shop. She said all the right things. She, You you can build, you can do, as I said earlier on, you can have austerity on steroids. Or you can try and build and grow. But you don't build a house up from the ceiling. You build the floor up. And she she seemed to go wild to go for the ceiling and announce things that might... I think this is one of the key problems I have with the party is that if you're going to say something really important that could impact the markets, you might want to test the ground on what such statements... You know, what the impact might be. And, And I felt that we had this avalanche of of this that the other blah 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 blah, and without mm, the the slightest uh foresight if you will because surely you know surely got lots of people who get paid lots of money to look at what goes on around the world it it seemed to me that there was no almost like project management i'm an ex-service delivery manager whenever whenever i ever did anything i i kind of looked at the impact a long way down the road on any move i ever made because if I made the move and it went horribly wrong, and I hadn't predicted it, then it was my butt on the line. And I just feel she, she she was desperate to get it all right really quickly, but didn't have the tools in the box, or, to be fair to her, to support in the box either.
1: Good um, view, Ian. Well, worst Liberal Democrat prime minister we've ever had is is my opening gambit. Um, a former Lib Dem, shall we say? Um, no, I mean, I'm uh, for for me, uh, I think. I don't think she ever was going to be able to. She was ever going to have a long term as prime minister, because I think the the P C P, you know, there were already letters in Graham Brady's in tray before she ever sat in Number Ten. So I think there was always the the mood was against her. But ultimately, for me, she accelerated her own downfall. I was very clear there, you know, no more giveaways, apart from two days into her tenure where. She announced a 90 billion pound giveaway, and you know, basically said, "Oh yeah, but I'm pro business, so I'm not going to take that. You know, I won't be putting in a windfall tax." And I just think, well, you know, I'm pro business as well, but I can't, as a, you know, a fiscal conservative, I, I cannot, I can't get behind 90 million of giveaways, and somebody else takes a hundred million pounds worth of profit. So you know, that that set my alarm bells ringing. You know we then had the whatever the it was the the biggest mini budget you've ever seen in <laughs> your life and and you know when that contained the oh and by the way you know we'll spend a couple of billion reducing the top rate of tax you know i had my head in my hands and you know again that was then followed on the sunday with you know her basically sitting sitting there and saying well the chancellor he didn't tell me nothing mate you know i never knew he was going to do that that was a surprise to all of us And I just thought, oh, that's such a bad look, you know, from a leadership perspective, you you can't be chucking your chancellor under the bus. And then she, you know, as Paddy, as a bus driver, she then reversed the bus over him only a a week. The optics were dreadful. At that point. They were just just at that point. And, And again, that interview the day before she resigned, you know, again, I can't see her. But I pick up in tones of people's voices, she sounded like an absolutely broken woman. You know, will you be leading the Conservatives at the next election? And she sort of sighed and went, Definitely. And you went, Well, if that's intended to convince anybody, the first person you've got to convince is yourself. And you don't believe a word of that. So for me, did I think she'd last longer than 45 days? Of course, yes. You know, but I think if people look and say, oh, well, you know, she was turned on. I don't think I don't think those that were going to turn on her needed to. She she created her own house of cards and then kicked over.
2: Interestingly, if I may, Ian, when I listened to many of the things she said in the campaign and maybe because of a certain amount of bias, because I didn't want to have a PM it on me, I, I was interested to hear what she had to say. And a lot of it made real sense then the moment of delivery came and it and suddenly it didn't and you know if you're gonna do something do it if if you're gonna do something and reverse it in 20 seconds probably better not to
1: yeah and i I think that's that key point about integrity and i think that's where a lot of my fundamental issues are at the moment you know again i i my, my sort of you know i i've i've got what could be considered to be old-fashioned values I think if you you know if you are campaigning for somebody's vote and you make your position very clear uh, I don't think reversing that position in three days is is right equitable or fair
2: it it, 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 it isn't it no, makes a mockery of, of you, you, you you I've done it I've campaigned and you know and if I with the limited level at which i've campaigned but i've never ever once said to somebody give me your vote and tomorrow you win the lottery i've always said i'm interested in that wall down there or this bit or that bit or whatever i might do and people might be engaged by that the the, the level of of the position and and the, the frenzy around politics at that time and i do have some sympathy for her. i i've got say on a human level yes of course. I think she must have been sat in in wherever she sits sobbing, realising that, you know what, I had it all going on, it was all going to work for me, I was I was going to do this, and I was going to do that, and then the real world kicked in and suddenly nothing was going on. And And on that level, just on a human level, I, I, I feel for it. But the arch, architect of her own downfall, I think, to a large extent, yes. And that's quite sad, you know, because it, A, sad for a Conservative, supporter because it just made it look like even more mayhem as if you could possibly have any more mayhem with the whole you know the whole joke factory that had been been parliament over the last six months to a year and then suddenly the woman is in she's destroyed so you know it's not a good look uh, and it's awful and i really think it's awful but it had to happen
0: well if if someone if you take someone on to drive a bus and they crash it on the first day and they take out another one and crash it on the third day you don't you don't you don't let them come to work on the fourth day you kind of there's there's a point where you have to say we never expected perfection but this is this is like beyond the beyond the pale a bit isn't there there's at a the point where you you have to you have to take that ownership back off of them and say no. no well,
2: you know, it's it's not all about a sign. In all due respect, I mean, a lot of these things are out of the control of the individual. Trying to do the best they, job they can do, they step up to the plate because they believe they can do it. It was gerrymandered, and I and I make note, but the reason I burnt my membership certificate is because the whole thing was gerrymandered in the first place. So, so it happened, and she became, and she and she got the vote, and. The real powers that be, sometimes I think, you know, I'll probably get shot for this, but, you know, they call it the Brady Bunch, the the old school, the guys, the ones that really, really run the party. Never mind what you, you or I might think. She was doomed from day one. She was doomed because she wasn't the chosen person. She wasn't the one that they wanted. And so, and everything else that followed falls very much and very nicely in line with that. And, and so we are where we are.
1: No, I think you're absolutely spot on, Simon, in your analysis, that you, you can't be allowed to keep doing the job when you're getting it that wrong. I think, you know, as Paddy articulated there, at a human level,
2: hmm. you know, there, of there
1: is an element of, you know, you, people can blame the members. You know, I, I, I get that. And, and, you know, I take that squarely on the chin. But there's an element of she was never supposed to win. And, you know, there's an element of, of you know, it was, you know, we were we were manipulated and we were meant to be engineered to vote for Rishi and it was a, a coronation and and that didn't happen. So, um, yes, architect of our own downfall. You know, for me, lack of principles, lack of resilience in terms of, you know, if you believe what you believe, um, and and that, that that mini budget was the plan, then ultimately you know, you you had to stick by that, and you had to back it. You, you couldn't, you know, that was the optics of, oh, well, it was the Chancellor, isn't he rubbish, we better get rid of him. That, that, that for me, at that point, you've got to go. You you can't, you can't in any senior yeah, leadership you pos- position, you know, and Paddy's been in the army, you, you can't blame, you can't blame the troops for your your failure as the general. No, and Ian, in, in, in all fairness,
2: that was that's when we go back to foresight. When you look down the road at what everything you, if you want to rush things in and you really want to make a big impact because you you want to show the whole nation that you're going to drive the economy, you're going to do this or you do that, then you either buy it or you don't. And when you're the leader, don't start shooting the troops for delivering the message you gave them. Yeah, you know, that's it. the guys gone out. He's made a big announcement that he, I, I have no clue if Kwasi Kwarteng was confident in, in everything that was going on in front of him, but he delivered his piece. He did what he was supposed to do, and he got one in the back of the head, and he got it because it was clearly and quickly, really obviously, a really bad idea. Go back to the original thing I said some while ago, you should have seen that coming
0: yeah and, and ju- i'll just pick up one of uh, some of the um the something we got in the in the comments there so Sc- um so scott is saying um so trust was an awful awful choice we've got raymond uh saying that that she was uh basically from de- from day one um and scott goes on to say um reality is you can't sack a chancellor after six weeks any workplace shows that if any if someone goes after six weeks it's generally because the management got it horribly wrong and need to blame someone
1: yep 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 always yep. And it, Yeah, always.
0: You know, the the guy got up, delivered her message, and and got,
2: and got the boot for it. Oh yeah, I I don't have it to hand, but there's a there's a really good story about a rowing boat race where that where one team had twenty rowers and kept winning, another team had nineteen managers and one rower, and after six years of debate, they decided to sack the rower because the whole thing wasn't (laughs) efficient. You know, it. That's kind of where you can be at in these things yeah you you, you can uh, over
0: analyze can't you i get i guess that i can, i can yeah. I can understand that, but it it does seem of, and, and like you like you both said it, it seemed a poor choice to um i think it was the open of the conservative conference wasn't it, it was it was effectively chucking quasi quieting under the bus by um you know at the start of the of and that does nothing to back up it was one of the rare times I've agreed with um Nadine Doris I have to be honest um you know chucking him under <laughs> chucking him under the bus in that way at the, at the start of a conference it's not it's you know it's yeah, not yeah, a good look it. is it let's, it doesn't, let's doesn't, set the
1: tone it's not a good option anyway yeah, do it, does it doesn't
0: it doesn't make yeah. you look good it doesn't make them look good it doesn't make anybody look nobody wins out of that and that's nope. that's the that's the the shameful thing is that but
2: as a member it makes you feel dreadful simon because we all have our beliefs and our, you know we we have our political leaning liberal democrat conservative Conservative, whatever and i've got good chums that i work with who are hardcore labor and some are less hardcore and some are liberal democrat and some are in some weird parties i've hardly ever heard of which seem to be growing that's all very good you know but it, it 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 became quite visceral um debates around what on earth has just gone on? I mean, I'm talking about among Conservative members now, and the sites that go on. You, and you look at that conference, and you go, "What?" The last time she said anything even vaguely funny, it was about pig semen, and she wasn't being funny; she just looked stupid. And then, so that there's a nastiness happened. There was this, some sort of China deal. It, it got really uncomfortable, uh, and, and as a member of the party, you you, you have to be you know taking the flat from everyone and it's real easy right now if you're a Tory you it's incoming you know you've got air warning red every two minutes because it's it's inbound and you're getting it and most of it if you stand up your party you probably deserve Mm -hmm. so it's real hard to be uh, you know to to try and step up and talk about conservative values I haven't seen those values for too long go back to I think Ian Ian would have said the same thing I in fact he did fiscal conservatism is not about what we've been seeing for too long uh, for a long time and we now in, we now have a prime minister who and i want him to do well please do well because the country needs you to do well but it's not my choice it's not it's not the majority conservative party's choice but he is the prime minister and so you know do well please do well
0: yeah
2: okay and but how that feels for a Tory when when it all starts to go a little bit peaked on, it's very hard.
0: Yeah, I, I can I can understand that. There's that kind of foot in mouth kind of moment where you just kind of hang your head in shame and try to kind of pretend that <laughs> pretend because it because there isn't you know there's not really a <laughs> yeah, lot you can do. Yeah, you've got no yeah, choice. You've got no choice. You either yeah you well uh, and we'll get you to kind of own. what the cho- what the choices yeah. were. Um. So um. So talking about the the, the most recent um. The leadership so obviously the 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 surprise announcements over the over the weekend um and um and um and shortly before the uh before the two p m deadline on monday were that um that boris johnson and penny morden um withdrew uh from the um from the race um and therefore kind of setting up <laughs> the the fate accompli that that we that we ha- that we have and therefore um meaning that um that the members aren't it is, doesn't need to go to the members because there is only there's any one horse in this race. Were you, were you, were you surprised when Boris, um, when Boris
2: or, and Penny um, withdrew Paddy? Uh, was I surprised? No, uh, number one, I didn't believe for a moment that Boris had 102 votes. He might have done, because uh, remarkably, and for all of the buffoonery, he's actually very popular amongst a lot of members. And, you know, I, I, I can't hide from that because it's true. But he rushed back from Dominican Republic. I was there a few years ago. It's a 10-hour flight. He came back on an economy flight. And I thought, hang on a minute. Is this bloke really going to step up? And then, and the rumors were he had 102. Um, I watched Penny on Laura Kunzberg on Sunday, uh, at which time I think she had 25, 26 declared. It was looking a bit... But she said she was quietly confident. Now, I've met Penny a number of times, and... I thought, well, you know, if she says she's confident, then I'm pretty okay with that. Then the afternoon follows, or rather the meeting, the meeting between Boris and Rishi. Well, I don't know. I I can only imagine what that conversation was like, and I wait to see the cabinet um, being built. And then Boris pulls. So there's one contender in it. And Penny Morden, and I I will not be, you know, I don't care what anyone says, and I hope you get on that thing and start chattering away and telling me, she was without question the number one favourite amongst members from the last competition and this one. She did run very close to Kemi Badenock, who who I know very little about, but the bottom line is Penny was up there, boom, 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 all the time. And I thought, well, it's, it's a done deal, Penny will get the job. All of a sudden, Penny's on 90, an hour or so before the deadline, half an hour, I'm not quite sure, because I had it on the live news feed because I was, you know, I'm a big fan of Penny Morden, but there you go. And she withdraws. <clears throat> so I took a piece of paper, put it in the bin, set fire to it, because for me, there's more to this than meets the eye. And I'm not into on and conspiracy theory and all that kind of thing. I think the, the bottom line was the committee said this, and we have to st- we have to stabilise the ship. We've got behind Rishi. He's got to be he's he's getting the job. We don't want it to go to members because if it does, Rishi loses. And I hope Ian would agree with that because if it was a if it was a two way split, I think Rishi does lose. I don't think it'd be a landslide, but I think he would lose. And that's not what's required. So we, the members who pay our 25 or 30 quid, my time, by the way, last year, a month. Uh, why? Why? I can still vote. I don't need to be a paid member to vote. So, and that's where my anger came from. I, d- I don't know. Is the, is the truthful honest answer I don't know. Um, it just too fishy for me, the way it was done. Uh, it's been done from the top. These are career politicians. They've been told what to do and they've done
1: it. Ian,
2: how did you feel about them pulling out?
1: Um, I was surprised that Boris put his hat in. Um, I was also surprised that he took his hat out. So, you know, there is an element of, I, I, you know, my prediction was that he would win when I knew when there was talk of them being three, because I think, you know, for me, it was his, you know, his ego and, and the, the, you know, well, you need Bozza back, I thought was the narrative that was writing itself. So I was very surprised when he withdrew. But when he withdrew, for me then, you know, I, I watched the same interview on the Sunday morning on Coonsberg, and I thought, well, if you're not done and dusted now, you, 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 your best you can hope for is to scrape over the 100. You know, and again, when it got to the, the, the Monday morning and Rishi, I think, had 178. Um, and I think that Penny had something like 53. So it moved up. Um, but there was an element of, for me, you know, there was talk that Penny might take it to the indicative vote for all of the MPs and would then withdraw. For me, the, the writing was on the wall, wall then. That, Yeah, between them, the MPs engineered the last ballot and they engineered totally. this one to the point where there would be yeah. no vote. Because mm-hmm. for me, and again, you've only got to look, you look at any of the opinion polls, Penny wins that vote. It, it, it's, it, it, all it, is, you know, it, it's never in doubt. So, you know, for me, I, I heard the announcement from Sir Graham Brady and I hit send on my resignation email to the Conservative Party because for me, you know, principles are more important than outcomes. And I think that if you're a member of a party and imperfect as the decision making process is, and whilst I don't like first Rishi versus Liz, I at least got to exercise my democratic right. And for me, the arrogance of the parliamentary party who have seen... And that's the point that we
2: we lose Ian's connection. Can you still hear me out? Ian's gone all frozen, but I can tell you that I 100% endorse what he's just said. And I think from the basic member of the party it is the legitimacy now it's about we as individuals who, who pay into the system and, and do what we do and we campaign we're the ones that deliver leaflets we're the one that knock doors we're the one that get abused at the high street when you're at a stall you know we're the ones that do that and <clears throat> all we ask in return for our loyalty is honesty and legitimacy and i think that many I mean I we may be Ian and I might be the only two people who were members of the party well I still am because although I've burnt my thing I've paid for a year so I'm technically still a member um I don't know if I can get a refund but the the truth of the matter is you feel like you're not really part of the game you're not part of the thing that you joined that you wanted to promote that you believe in and the the sort of politics that you think is right and fiscal conservatism has not existed in our party for far too long it's almost as if politics has become a social media game like we three guys are having this chat on here which is like you know and great and marvelous and then then tomorrow if if you said something controversial sorry, or i did or ian did even though this is on a pompey podcast any one of us could be destroyed by it because that's how the world works. And in politics, I really feel that now that we're not we're not getting honest. I want honest labour. I want honest liberal democracy. I want honest conservatism. I want honest, whatever you are, be what you purport to be. And the Conservative Party, for me, has stopped being that. It just doesn't offer me what I believe conservatism is.
0: Okay. Um, no, that's a... I've... That's a really, um, a really thoughtful, um, a thoughtful uh, comment and, and, and line to take on that, and it's an interest, interesting view, um, especially from two people that have, um, you know, essentially cancelled their membership, um, because because of the events this week. So you didn't get, you know, so was it essential to speed up
1: the process this time, or, 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 no, 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 no. for me, for me, Simon, it, it was a, it was the, it was the ultimate piece in engineering you know last time they they attempted to engineer the result and didn't get the result they you wanted didn't... so so this time they were you know the the, the, the prototype version 2.0 was was going to be de-risked and the risk was very, and it was it, 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 we, we we were we,
2: we were contemptuous not to go with what they wanted in the first place and we, we didn't know our place the con- and, and... the membership didn't understand its place it should have fallen in line immediately And we failed to do that. Uh,
1: Absolutely, Paddy. And I think that that for me, this is where, you know, when Paddy talks about defending the indefensible and I've, you know, I've been across social media through some very difficult times as a conservative, but there's an element for me of, uh, you know, again, the conservative party that I that I considered myself part of, you know, was not the arrogant, entitled rich looking down the proles and judging them and and treating them with disdain but i i actually feel that's that's how we as members have been treated that we are you know we simply don't understand you know we, we we don't have the capacity to know that they had chosen their boy in rishi and and how could we possibly not crown him last time so we were made to go and sit on the virtual naughty step this time you now we're going to take your you're not going to have any pudding because you didn't you didn't eat all your greens last time. Well, correct. We didn't want, we didn't want Rishi. Well, you you know the, the 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 party elite know best. So go and sit on the naughty step. You don't get a vote this time. Well,
2: I, I, but that's exactly how it's gone, and it's so bizarre because I I got friends who are Liberal Democrats. By the way, I I'm not anti Liberal Democrats. So I just can't vote for a Liberal democracy. But I got chums who are, and some of them have even extended almost an olive branch of pity for my 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 my, my thinking around what's gone on. Because even they struggle and they loathe and despise the toys, and I think you well know that. But I'm I'm within a hundred percent on this one. I I have failed to play ball. I have failed to fall in line. I've, I've watched Doctor Who the night. I can't the Cybermen, it's one of those, I failed to become a Cyberman and just march in line and, and, and utter the words that whatever the Cybermen are supposed to utter, in complete accord and agreement with the Master, or whatever it might be. I'm, I don't know where this goes. Again, I'll go back to what I said earlier on. I really, really, really want Rishi to get, do a good job because it impacts upon all of us. All of us. I'm a low, I'm a twenty-five grand a year bus driver with a thousand pound a month rent and council tax bill before I even begin to buy food. So I, I know what it's not like, you know, not to be doing great out of this. During the COVID period, while people were bitching because they only got an extra twenty pound a week for eighteen months, I lost seventeen hundred pounds by being furloughed. And getting paid twenty nine point four hours a week. I know what it's like to go through it as a bloody Tory. Excuse my French. You know it hits us all. What I don't like is when such monumental things are going on in the world. You need consistency and stability, and my own party has singularly failed to deliver any part of that. And that hurts to the core. Ian said he joined it when he joined. I. You know it's 40 odd years you know i was 20 i'm 63 now in a couple of months i was coming up to 20 the first time i could vote in a general election you know it's a long time I, I i had my gap because of john major and the eu and all that fun stuff but the truth is it hurts to your core when you watch your beliefs things that you think matter to people Sometimes those values, by the way, are reflected by liberals, they're reflected by Labour people. They're reflect, you know, these are values about people. And it, it's painful to watch. But we have to fall along, put on our Cyberman hat and nod to the master and do it. No, no, we don't. And and I think there's going to be serious ruptures unless Rishi pulls the biggest rabbit out of the biggest hat i think the conservative party is going to be in a world of pain real quick in terms of membership i'm not talking about its vote i think that's already doomed but it's these are not good times not good times at all
0: passionate and um and r- right from the heart so i really appreciate that thank you paddy so um so is um is this going to affect you obviously you know you've both um, terminated your, your membership, but is this going to affect how you vote in the locals in the, in the general election?
2: No. I, If, if you talk to me, no. Um, because in, in Gosport, uh, and I don't care what people say about Caroline, I've been to office more times than enough, and she is a hard-grafting MP. She does a tremendous amount of work here, and I wouldn't care if she was a Green or a Liberal or whatever. She as an individual is a bloom good MP. People will slate me for that. I know that because there's the, you know, where there's a Caroline, there's a camera and blah, blah, blah. And why is she a dame and, why she, and her dad spread dying and No, she's a grafting MP. She grafts and she will keep my support until she ceases to graft. If she ceases to graft and, and doesn't do what I would want of my MP, I'll look elsewhere. But right now, no, my support will stay with her as a person. As an individual, and the fact she happens to be a Tory MP is what it is. But you know,
0: it's the it's the oft-explored um, conundrum that some people vote for party, some people vote for person on the on the ticket, regardless of whatever type of election it is, and and some people will kind of look like a bit of a mixture a mixture of both. And if you've got that personal connection with a with your MP, regardless of what um what house they sit in, um, then they've got, you know. They've got, you know, they've they've earned your respect and they've earned your earn your vote, and I think that's a I think that's a um, a fair point, Ian. What about yourself when it comes to putting your voting in local? Yeah, do... so
1: yeah, so uh, very much the same as as Paddy. Really, when I look at it from a national perspective, I've got a lot of respect for Penny mordon as our local MP. I've worked with her on a couple of things. I found her very engaged. You know, for me, she's doing a really job for Portsmouth North. And similarly, when I look at the local conservatives, uh, you know, for, for me, there is an element of uh, that they are principally hard working people who are looking to do the best for their community. And I think, you know, it is one of the things that it it, it is a sad fact that those of us who are heavily engaged, particularly at a local level, you know, and I, I'll say this about. You know, a, a number of folk who wear a different rosette because we've, you know, we've had a lot of exposure in the last three years to, to councillors who are from parties different to our own. Now, those people are really hard working individuals who give a lot of their time for very little reward for the people that they serve. And if I look last year, you know, Frank Jonas was unseated in in Hilsey, um and was universally kind of kind of praised by almost all parties in terms of of being that hard-working local councillor. Now, my fear is that in May, that there will be dozens of local councillors who are, you know, who are conservatives, who are going to lose their seats and lose their roles as a result of shenanagonery that's gone on in Westminster because um you know the, the narrative for those that aren't deeply politically engaged at the moment is what a bloody mess your rent mortgage shopping bill is all going up because the tories are buffoons now that is almost entirely untrue but it doesn't matter because that's the mood and if people aren't politically engaged who might have voted conservative out of habit or or kind of history they they will they will vote elsewhere. So, I will keep placing my cross in that box, um, not blindly, well actually blindly, but no, yeah, not quite sl- blindly, not slavishly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but for for me, um, you know, it is about it, it's about those people, but at a national level.
2: In with all due respect, if I can cut into you, Gosport became a Liberal controlled council at the last election. And the reason Conservative councillors didn't get elected wasn't because they weren't good or hard working; it's because they were Conservative. The national move reflected into the local vote because, you know, generally speaking, turnouts are twenty-three to twenty-five, maybe thirty percent on a really really good day. The Liberal Democrats have an—I don't care what you think of them—they have a really good campaign team, and they really do bash the stuff out, and they, you know, they, they, they bombard you with leaflets and everything else. And the Tories were so unpopular, it didn't matter. They were going to take it. So they did. And it's a shame because at a local level, and I've always, I voted, I lived in Blandford Forum for two years, and my local councillor was a liberal. I lived on the base. I didn't need a councillor. I had no interest in a councillor. This guy was a firebrand. He never stopped. And he was bashing on people's doors and doing this, that, and the other. And I asked him one day, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm the local councillor. I need your vote. He got it because he was that kind of guy, because, you know, he was engaged, really melted into the local society. And and I wouldn't have cared if he had said he was monster Raven loony or whatever. He'd have got my vote because I never saw anything but his face bashing doors doing a job. Proper councillor, in my view. On a national level, <laughs> they ask why people don't want a GE. I'll tell you why they don't want a GE, because there's about 300 Tories who want to keep a job right now yeah there's the, oh, yeah, the saying about turkeys uh,
1: at christmas um, isn't it oh no, yeah i don't i i, I think it is uh, I, you know again if there was a you know the, the, the if there was a general election tomorrow it, it it would be it would be the biggest landslide ever in british political history i mean that is that is very clear so you know there is that piece where do, do i want a labor government no with a but and the but is for me and this is where this is one of my reservations about Rishi Sunak and about the, you know, the the, the direction that we go from here, because if, you know, if where we go from here is high tax, high spend, um, you know, if that's the way that Rishi chooses to run the economy um, you know, and, and doesn't make the appropriate savings. Then I'm not sure that I haven't got a labor government by default.
2: I almost certainly have.
1: I mean, how, how have you
2: cut that mustard is it and with all due respect to the liberal Democrats, side, I mean, the truth of the matter is that at a general election tomorrow, the populist vote would would see mr starmer in or sir keir starmer in 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 moments but in terms of fiscal policy if the country imagines for a moment that you change government and everything's all right and there's money in the bank and the credit card isn't almost maxed out and you aren't paying back this huge amount of debt and the war stops in ukraine and we don't have the enormous problems with nhs if somebody imagines that By changing a government, you change the scenario in which you work, then they need to give the head a wobble because I I can walk out of my house having read a bill and feel really sad about it and go up the pub and have a few pints and feel okay. And then I walk back up, that bill still sits there and I've still got to pay it. And so this, this, this kind of mentality where change government, it'll all be good doesn't work because you've only got the levers to pull all governments have the same set of levers they may pull them in different directions and they may they may alternate how they cost how they say how they do this how they do that I listened to the Shadow Chancellor the other day my youngest lad is a corporate governance lawyer and he he deals with huge finance and he does all that kind of thing and he's he's very angry you know he's he's very angry about the Conservatives and, and 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 has his opinions on these things but there's nothing on offer that can change the environment into which somebody works. That doesn't mean somebody else shouldn't do it, and, and maybe somebody else can do it better. Soon, Rishi Sunak has got a heck of a job on his hands, and and fairly quickly he needs to demonstrate either that he can tr- control the ship a little bit and give us a direction of travel that most fiscal conservatives will take, even if it's a bit painful, they'll take it, or it's a walk in the park come what two years time is it now i think we is as far as they can stretch it out it'll be a walk in the park but if people think it's going to be ice cream and candy in two years time because they elect another government with the same problems they might want to think again
0: ian your your thoughts on the prospect of avoiding a colossal defeat in the next year
1: i i think it it, it is it it has never been harder if i use a you know if i use uh a boxing analogy you know it, it's it's the 12th round and we've lost every round up till now uh, but we have still got a puncher's chance um but it is it, it is looking increasingly a long shot you know at the end of the day labor have moved into a more centrist position you know sakia starmer is 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 more credible is more you know is more appealing he he, he speaks to You know, he speaks to a broader audience than Labour were reaching out to before. Um, I think in 2019, or as we had the run into 2019, um, you know, there there was no expectation of an 80 seat majority. Um, So I, I think it is always difficult when you look at polls. But there's an element of even the most optimistic Conservative couldn't claim at the moment. You know that the error of the margin of error in the polls is such that we would get away without an absolute hiding i i I think that there is it it is interesting to say to see whether we believe that you know and i do wonder whether rishi you know will will kind of will try and speak to conservatives or whether I, i see a lot of politicians now who Who almost ignore their membership and try and speak to the centre and to the folk in the opposition team who are closer to their position? You know, Sir Keir Starmer, uh, uh, and again, I think respect due to him on that. You know, he's turned his back on the momentum element in Labour. He's taken this zero tolerance approach to anti-Semitism, and he hemorrhaged a lot of grassroots members as a result of that. So I do wonder, you know, as Rishi takes the helm, you know, he's probably not looking to appease, you know, uh, Paddy and I have been very open on this podcast about how angry we are. And, And a very valid question you asked us was, well, how angry are you? Are you going to be voting for Labour or the Lib Dems? And our answer is clearly no. So there is an element that says, well, you know, Rishi doesn't need to convince us. To, to get himself back over, you know, to get a Conservative government back over the line. He, he's got to speak to those people who are right of centre and centre of centre, who currently will put their ex against the Labour Party and the Lib Dems. OK, so I, I guess then that kind of naturally
0: flows to, so and you'll be re- relieved to hear, Paddy, this is, this is the last question. So what would you want to see the PM do to reunite the party and set the country on the right track?
2: okay um how do you reunite a party that's so divided at the moment difficult question uh, and it, it's a bit like a, 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 a not about what about you if you look at the labor party on the hard left you know the da, 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 and those that are trying to bring it together in the conservative party we're in government so we've got a problem a huge problem the the center of the party i would suggest isn't fit for purpose in, it's my personal view. I, I, I can't speak to anyone else's opinion. The centre-left of the Conservative Party is dodgy at best. The centre-right, I don't know. If you want to bring the party together, then and I, it's not a task I would want to take on particularly, but you have to deal with what the electorate want. And, and whether people like it or not, the electorate would really like a bit more... <clears throat> I'll, I'll use the Pompey politics page terminology because I'll be accused of it anyway. A bit more far-right discipline in terms of immigration, in terms of uh, the, the benefits systems and all of those. And that will come with a wall of pain because it will flow back and people will say, well, you're, you're cruel, you're unkind, you this, that and the other. But to stitch the party together, I'm not quite sure that there's enough um, cotton and needles to, to make that work. You have an old school of what, well, again, I said it earlier on, the Brady Bunch. You have the controlling factor within the party. You have those that want to be a bit more maverick and those that are kind of settled into where they are and, you know, we've got old conservatives and it will all be fine. Well, it's not going to be fine. This country needs leadership. And if you want to lead, lead from the front. Make decisions and follow them through, and the country will likely follow. Even some of the things that would be screamed at in our, our, our new age social media and all the rest of it, <clears throat> like getting a proper handle on immigration, and that, that's really important. Sorting out Brexit Brexit's never happened. I, some of my best friends were remainers, I was a lever. We've never fallen out over it, we, we have a different uh, opinion over it. But it's never been sorted. We're, we're constantly assaulted with the failure of Brexit. You know, Brexit has never actually happened. We we have so many issues that have been batting around in the atmosphere for years now. pretty Patel, a constant, you know, hard, I'm going to get this done, and what actually got done was two thirds of not very much. That seems to be, it's become unpalatable for for, for the average voter, there's something. If you're going to say you're going to do something, you're going to say, "Will you just do it? Will you not pander around?" The NHS, it, the, the perennial problem, the problem that will never go away. A massive thing that was set up for a society that no longer exists and simply can't function. You can never have enough money for the NHS. You could double what you pay it, and it would still absorb it, and people would still be in queues. There, there, there's so much to do. I think what the country needs and whether it comes from the conservatives or labor or anyone else for that matter what it wants is direction it wants i guess to be able to believe that what you're being told is what people are trying to deliver and it's not just some rhetoric that falls out of a politician's mouth because he's been sent to go on politics live or he's been sent to do the rounds you know, for breakfast news, because it sounds great, and everyone will feel better in a minute. Because people are hurting too much for that now. Things are too tight. That, that, that nobody is in that position where they go, "Oh, it's all right. I'll be better tomorrow." Because they're not. People are really hurting. People are struggling, and this, yeah, stop the rhetoric. Give a plan, a way to deliver, and follow it through who what, I don't care what political strike was to do that do it and you'll be you'll be fine if he if he fails on that front uh, and people's patience is so short so either he's only going to have a little while to fail on that front and when he does it just implodes like it's just imploded what, twice already in the last few months
0: thank you well before i set you the next to impossible task in of following that i'm just going to bring in david's quote mm. from the comments so give you 30 seconds <laughs> to try and um close something together so um, yeah. so uh, david says um, i think rishi is more plausible than boris no change vote wise uh, but my vote is based on the situation at the time of voting uh, trust had me going to labor i swung back with rishi e- even though he is a scummer um, for those those listeners who are who, who <laughs> are <on>. outside <laughs> of the the conflict, the football-based conflict between the cities Portsmouth and Southampton on the south coast of England. Um, there's a long-time rivalry that someone better than me will be, explaining, be able to explain to you at some point, but Portsmouth fans call fans of Southampton as um, scummers. And ironically, Southampton fans also call Portsmouth scummers. So make of that what you will. Um, More ironically,
2: historically, the Southampton fans are right to call Portsmouth fans scummers. Okay well that's a whole other podcast if you check your history that's all i'm saying that's all i'm
0: saying (laughs) that's great so ian um if i can ask you to to um your response to what you want to see the new pm do to reunite the party and set the country on the right
1: track yeah so um so rather than delving back into 30s industrial disputes and ports and uh and uh, people breaking strikes, which is where the origins of the Portsmouth, um, Southampton, and Tithpathy begins. Um, I, I, I think there is a real issue. Uh, and to be honest, Simon, I think it is that the, I think the electorate and the world in general is not ready for any more hard messages. I mean, ultimately, you know, COVID uh, and everything that followed was not a party. It was not, it was not a great time. But we spent the most money we spent since the Second World War. So there is an element of we've now got a massive bill for something we didn't want and we didn't enjoy. And so I think there is a real I think the hardest thing about politics at the moment is, you know, being able to deliver a message of fiscal prudence or, you know, austerity 2.0 or, you know, whatever those messages are. That there is nothing to give away we've been trying to be populist and give away for two three years and it's not it's just not there it can't be done anymore and i think there is an element of you know in trying to turn that round rishi was very popular during the pandemic across the political spectrum so there is if anybody's got a chance he probably having reflected on it's got a better chance than most again good friend of uh, of ours on social media who used her own term of, you know, if I'm a swivel-eyed lefty and I like Rishi, what what's wrong with him? Why are you two so upset? And the answer is because if we if we look at the footballisation of politics, he he's one of you, he's not one of us. So there is an element to to to, to perhaps give a more palatable message, but I think after 12 years, there is an a, there is a pervading mood within politics that it'd all be just all right if we only changed the colour of the rosette. And I think I think that might be a hill that's too steep to climb. And I think that, you know, again, it, it's going to be the question of what sort of Conservatives do we get for the next two years? And what kind of labour do we get for the next five? Um, and that's how I kind of feel at the moment. So I'm not feeling super optimistic, if I'm being honest.
0: OK, well, that's... um. Well, we are. We asked for your responses, and you and you've both, um, you've both certainly given them. So, th- so thank you very much. Um, that um, that um, draws us to a close. So, despite wanting to do a quite short one, you've both, um, y- you've given us a good show. Thank you very much uh, for your um, your responses, uh, Paddy. Um, they were passionately and eloquently um, delivered. Thank you, Ian, for yours. We we always knew what your answers were going to sound like. Um, and thank you for those of you that joined us and followed in the comments. Um, you've been listening to the Pompey Politics podcast. Um, I've been Simon Sansbury and our guest has been Paddy Bergen. And on the other side of the mic for change has been...
1: I've been Ian Tiny Morris. No podcast this Sunday, but join us on the 6th of November when we will be back with some kind of entertaining podcast, even if we don't know what it is yet.
0: Even if we don't know who the Prime Minister is at that time, it's fine. We'd hope it was still Rishi.
1: on,
2: there's an hour to go. <laughs> 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 and I'm Paddy Birgit And thank you so much, gentlemen, for the invite to the show. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. Ian, absolute privilege. Always enjoy your banter. Simon, same. So thank you very much. Thank
0: you. You've been a great guest. You, um, you've been a true gent. Thank you. Thank you very much. Join us next time. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pompey Politics Podcast. If you want to make sure you get notifications about upcoming shows and get to know when we're live, we normally broadcast live 627 PM on a Sunday evening. Then follow us on Facebook at Pompey Politics Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at Pompey Politics One. Please, if you'd like to, feel free to leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts, and you can even ask Alexa to play the podcast for you. Alexa Play the latest episode of the Pompey Politics podcast. Getting Pompey Politics podcast from Amazon Music. Alexa, Playing the latest episode. Stop. See, it's easy.